So if you want to achieve Atma, get realize Atma, get to Atmatnyan, how do you do it? With four things. Satya, Tapasya, Brahmacharya and Samyagnyan. And you know, a continuous application of these four, if you do it, you will get the Atma Darshan. What is demanded in what we call modern science, actually Bhagavad Puran is even demanding more. In science, we'll say explanation, you know, the triangulation of explanation, prediction, testing is enough. Bhagavad is saying it's not enough. It says, Shruti Pratyaksham Aitiyam Anumanam Chatushtayam Pramaneshwa Anavasthanat Vikalpat Savirajate. If you don't do quadrangulation of Shruti Pratyaksha Aitiya and Anuman, it's not, unless you do the quadrangulation of these four, it's not sufficient. So this is our framework. Okay. So why? Because to know Atmadnyan, Brahmadnyan, how? Through Satya, Tapasyas, Brahmacharya and Samyagnyan. Where does that fit? It fits into investigation, but it also fits into communication. Namaskar to everyone. Uh, hope everyone is safe and maintaining social distancing. Uh, so this also gives us an opportunity to um, try different technologies here. Uh, so we are doing uh, Sangam talks in person. Now this is through um, media or th this is through internet. Uh, so scientific acumen in Puranas and Upanishads, there are many insights that you will see uh, in uh, our ancient Indian narratives. And what we like to typically think of anytime we hear Puranas, we think these are stories. Uh, mostly it has to do with uh, uh, rituals or bhakti and uh, maybe there is some information thrown here and there but there is a lot of deep information uh, uh, about science and uh, i have given a few other talks on uh, how dharma essentially means science as religion so i'm not going to go into that and uh, my request to all of you at the end of this when we get into question and answer uh, session or as you type your questions uh, please limit your questions as much as possible to what is being discussed today and not very generic, uh, everything about uh, Hinduism, India and whatnot. Okay, so with that preamble, uh, let's get to uh, why. So for example, why do, why do we do science? Or why study Upanishad? Or why read Quran? Anything, you know, why study? Why contemplate? Why think? And this can be shown uh, so I'm going to begin with one verse from a Mundak Upanishad and I will end my presentation with exactly this same verse. Okay, this is in Mundak Upanishad. It says, Satyena labhyas tapasa yesha atma samyak jnanena brahmacharyena nityam antah sharire jyotir mayohi shubro yam paschanti yataya kshina dosha. Now, Someone would say, where is the science in this? Or where is, what, what does this verse say? I mean, it's in Sanskrit, right? If you, what this verse is saying is, if you want to know Brahma, if you want to know Atma, if you want to know Brahma, if you want to know Atmadnyan, if you want to know Brahmadnyan, this is how you do it. So why Brahmadnyan, why Atmadnyan is not given here. That one has to come to this level, okay? That's that curiosity. And therefore, if you look at our Shad Darshanas or say, look at Mimamsa, Puro Mimamsa, Uttar Mimamsa, it begins with Athato Dharma Jidnyasa 
और अथा तो ब्रह्म जिज्ञासा नाउ दैट यू हैव developed a curiosity to know about dharma or now that you have developed a curiosity to know about brahma here is what you need to do so that why is if you want to know atma if you want to know brahma that is the reason why you would do this okay now we will talk about what brahma is in a minute and how to do it that is been given by this verse from mundaka upanishad it says satena satena labhyas tapasa yesha atma so if you want to achieve atma get realize atma get to atmajnan how do you do it with four things satya tapasya brahmacharya and samyajnan and you know a continuous application of these four if you do it you will get the atmadarshan and who gets this atmadarshan it says yam paschanti yataya kshina dosha those yati who have minimized almost eliminated their dosha okay so that what is the next circle and what means actually what are the different things that we have to do and what is the outcome okay so in this case one of the outcome at least we notice is that their defects are minimized are almost eliminated the word is very very scientific it doesn't says elimination of a dosha it says kshina dosha it is it has minimized so this is our framework okay so why because to know atmajnan brahmajnan how through satya tapasya brahmacharya and samyajnan and what we are going to elaborate on this now in this same mundaka upanishad you get additional insights for example as to how it says nacha pramada tapaso vaktalinga okay so you can be very careless or casual about what you do so you might do tapasya you might put lot of hard work effort but if you are careless if you are casual you are not going to get the desired outcome and alingat meaning you cannot have a uh, unscientific attitude you have to have a framework you know you must define your framework how you are how you are exploring something you cannot just explore in a wayward way you know it's just not going to work so if, if we have to take and there are couple other verses i'm going to quote from the same upanishad and i'll not read those but i'll give you a quick translation of it the, the, notice the words like gnana trupta krutatmana vitaraga prashanta prapya dhira this is the outcome i mean this is proof is in the pudding this is the outcome just from my practical experience i'll tell you uh, the alingat i said you know like without a framework now this is a challenge in my specific limited work that i do on a chronology for last 10 years i know um, just i'll take simply mahabharat or ramayana i mean that's what i work on and i ask uh, other researchers working on the same subject like what is your framework what is your theory and 10 plus years i'll tell you guys i don't have answer from not even a single other individual as to what their theory is okay because that's the framework that we need to explore anything now what are the lessons learned here one is increasing signal to noise ratio you know the perfection is uh, desired but it's may not be attainable and it's not always required but you aim for perfection but kshina dosha a minimization of 
errors minimization of dosha will do okay it may still allow you to achieve the objective uh, mere hard work is frivolous like just the tapasya by itself is not going to do it and so avoid being casual careless and also avoid being unscientific you must explain what is your framework if you are doing something all right just a quick translation take a minute i'm just going to leave the slide not read through those uh, these are very uh, this is very crude translation so take uh, 30 seconds read the translation in english the one point that i will just mention is the word brahmacharya like brahmacharya immediately what comes to our mind is celibacy and that's correct but brahmacharya has much bigger meaning in fact celibacy is just a one practical aspect of it or a controlling of the senses you know not just even celibacy because someone can be married and still a brahmachari okay i'll encourage you to read puranas for that again by the way the objective i have behind this presentation is not to give all the details i mean that just cannot be done in 40 45 minutes but if i can uh, because of this if some of you are inspired to go back to uh, the puranas uh, i'm going to use one specific puran in this talk which is bhagavad puran but if it encourages you to also start studying upanishad and bhagavad gita is the best upanishad you can begin there and then can refer to other upanishad then i would consider this attempt of mine as a worthy attempt uh, so that brahmacharya just quickly is you know to be understood in this context or in many context as study as contemplation and as thinking now in order to do this you need to have a right set of mind you need to have um, right circumstances and that's when possibly you know the aspect of celibacy is introduced but study contemplation thinking is equal to brahmacharya as per as uh, at least for this session which is universally true by the way all right so that's uh, why now there is some element of why that we need to explain and i'm going to explain that in the how for example uh, now somebody is going to ask okay fine so why to understand brahma brahmadnyan or atmadnyan and how by using these four elements but what do i do i mean satya of what okay study of what and contemplation of what and uh, thinking of what i mean that's that's the question and i'm going to tell you this wonderful story from taittiriya upanishad another upanishad and uh, the story or the philosophy if you want to call it goes by the name bhargavi varuni vidya number of you may be know, knowing this and that's great if you already know this so bhrugu goes to his father varun and asks him you know so this is a student a teacher relationship a research student professor guide relationship in this case it happens to be a son and a father okay so bhrugu is going to his father varun and asking for his father father tell me what is brahma now that is the kind of questions i get all the time not as a father but people will say just please tell me or nilesh please work on this or please uh, research on this as if and these people really feel that they are doing a great help to me or help to human kind or help to dharma and what not well that's not how it works for example in this case bhrugu as a student is very genuinely approaching varun and asking tell me what is brahma the problem is even if varun would have told him what brahma is bhrugu would not have accepted it 
whatever may be the reason but do you know what varun told bhrugu uh, he said great question go do tapasya so bhrugu goes does a lot of tapasya hard work and comes back with this realization what is his question what is brahma he comes back with this realization and says that annam brahmeti vijana so he comes back to varun and says okay this is what i understood annam brahmeti vijana and i'm not going to elaborate on this again uh, my goal is to uh, you know titillate your senses and a desire to study this in detail um but i can tell you the story how he reached that realization and then now he ask varun so now um, father tell me what is brahma so he, he has certain understanding he has put efforts he has understanding and now he ask again and now varun says well great question go do tapasya so bhrugu goes back does tapasya and comes back with a, another realization he says prano brahmeti vijana now i understood that prana is brahma okay now this goes on i'm going to go fast through this again just repeat you can say the do loop in programming language mano brahmeti vijana he comes back again ask varuna varuna says go back and do more tapasya he does that comes back with another realization vidyana brahmeti vijana again is repeated and he comes back with the realization ananda brahmeti vijana now many of you know that these are the, the different koshas you know in in our individual self we say anna kosh prana kosh mana kosh vidyan kosh and the inner uh, atma ananda kosh and so on a few points i want to make one is like you know if you read the story i when i read the story a long time ago and i found this to be extremely like a child like you know and i'm using the word carefully i didn't necessarily think it's a childish maybe i would have thought of it as a childish then i said what is this i mean upanishad is something great i went to read this and this is how they spent time actually a significant portion is spent in the ithira upanishad telling the story so what's going on but you know as you start studying at least that's my experience like i'm reading right now uh, shankaracharya's uh, book you know it's, a, it's right here but i'll not go into that and you know uh, the sanskrit sometimes makes you feel separated but you also realize if you read the translation or if you translate it yourself shankaracharya is talking to you uh, like a child you know i mean he has that uh, a fresh sense of being a child but treating you as a child too you know uh and uh, but not child dish it's child like and then you will see the references in upanishad to that effect also for example uh, a bit of a digression but he says tasmad brahmana the person who is a knowledgeable what he needs to do is pandityam nirvidya ballena tishtase he he or she must able to digest that erudition the panditya and behave like a child you know so you see that um but what is what is wonderful about this story uh, about this bhargavi varuni vidya and i'm going to take that as a, a, a couple of takeaways for us as we go further so people will now ask so okay brahmadyana i understood i understand the four elements that i can use how to know about brahma but so satya of what and what should i think about and what should i contemplate about and the answer is the satya of anything that fascinates you okay it's a search of anything that fascinates you and then if you look at uh, vachaspati mishra's commentary on a like called bhamati you know on a brahma sutra he talks about two aspects the anything sounds like 
uh, you know, anyone can do their own thing. Not quite. Okay. So satya of anything is fine, but it has to be saprayojana and sandigna. You have to select the subject for your study, subject for your investigation in such a way that if you do find the answer or if you do find some insights, some new insights, it should lead to something fruitful. Okay. For example, satya, as in like a factually true, I mean, I'm looking through the window of my house here. And I may say, if you come out of my house on the right side, there is a, only one tree in my front yard. And we share uh, the driveway. This is a small cul-de-sac here and share the driveway with my uh, Chinese neighbor. Uh, we are good friends and they have a small tree. I mean, this is all factually true, but it's a trivial truth. You know, that doesn't add any value. I am not interested in that kind of truth. I'm interested in the interesting truth. You should be interested in interesting truth. So it has to be saprayojan and it should also be sandigda, meaning when you ask a question or when you want to investigate something, it should be coming out of a genuine doubt. Many times when you object to something else, it is because to put it down or it doesn't agree with either what you believe or doesn't agree with what your claim is and so on. Not necessarily driven by the search for the truth. Okay. So think of this uh, for our question answer session. When you ask a question, think of as a subprayojan and sandigda. And then a couple other points quickly, which I'm very confident uh, you understood, which is the tapasya. Okay. There is nothing that is possible without tapasya. And just asking someone really doesn't help because even if that person answers, like somebody asked me, when did Mahabharata happen? I mean, I can give an answer in one word, right? 55, 61 BCE. Now, are you convinced? Not really. So which means you have to go, uh, go do tapasya to be convinced of it on your own. Okay. And then the second important point, very important, is that the realization is gained in an iterative fashion. Okay. So... The realization to Bhrugu that the Ananda, you know, the ultimate one, for example, Ananda Brahmeti Vajana, it did not come the first time. Okay, he has to go through the iterations to get there. Okay, so that's one aspect. The second aspect of that how is think of a life or anything that we do as a problem solving. Now, not problem solving in the sense of problem as a negative thing. You can think of this as a opportunity, challenge, whatever you want to call it. But that's actually true. The life is problem solving. Okay. In a very joyful way, if you think. Most of us who are lucky enough to think of problem or problem solving in a joyful fashion. And this is uh, my framework. I call it Ashtakaran Shipti, like eight limbed, uh, you know, uh, method to solve puzzles. Um, the top the three corners are Vidyana Buddhi, Tantra Yukti and Tarka Shastra. And then in the middle uh, is what? Five elements of the scientific method, the theory, evidence, objective testing, inference, background knowledge, or Prameya, Praman, Indriya, Pramanya, Anuman, Agama. Okay, this is all coming from our Shaddarshanas. Quickly, the point I want to mention about Tantra Yukti is what I already mentioned. How do you select a problem to solve? You want to select the problem in such a way that it is fruitful. It is something that people have not solved or people are really finding it hard to solve. So, for example, like going back 1995, for me, it was Arundhati Vasishta that I realized no one has solved. Or right now we have a problem of um, uh, or challenge or interesting opportunity uh, for creating a 
Indian calendar, a truly functional, useful, flexible, okay, Indian lunisolar calendar that can also incorporate uh, other elements like say of a Gregorian calendar so that it's very functional and it doesn't create problems for, for a practical, you know, uh, everyday vapor, you know, everyday life. Or uh, we are stuck into the dogma of a yuga. Okay, these, these are the kind of very fruitful problems if somebody wants to work on them. You know, I'm just giving as an example. And we'll talk about Vidyan Buddhi and Tarkashastra uh, on another slide. So that's all I have to say about uh, uh, the, the how aspect. So I mentioned search for the truth, but, the, uh, but the, what kind of truth? We are not looking for a trivial truth. We are looking for interesting truth, which is saprayojana. If we find that truth, it leads to progress of knowledge. It leads to growth of knowledge. And then uh, solve problems, but again, what kind? The same answer, the fruitful kind. And then the middle five elements, again, uh, if you have listened to my talks, you have seen this like hundreds of times. Uh, you may be tired of seeing this. I'm never tired of showing this because uh, what happens is time and time again, uh, any new thing comes and I say, somebody makes a claim and I said, please fill these five points for me. And then I never hear from them again. Okay. It is it, this particular framework. It's the logic of scientific method, logic of scientific discovery. It's very, very powerful. So if you uh, look at the Western philosophy of science, Sir Karl Popper, I mean, I consider him as my guru, one of the gurus. Uh, he explains this very simply as the, what is science? He said the triangulation of explanation, prediction, testing, the middle three, okay? The evidence and objective testing and inference, explanation, prediction, testing in the context of a theory, that is the conjecture, and in the context of a background knowledge. If you go to our uh, Shaddarshanas and if you go to Gotamas, what is he going to say? I say it all the time and to emphasize the point, by this time, number of you who have listened to the talks uh, should have it by heart. Okay, so if it's uh, Gautam, he's going to say Pratyaksha, it's right here. Pratyaksha, Anumana, Upamana, Shabda, Pramanani. So you can see those words. Now it doesn't mention Agama, it doesn't mention Prameya, but it's understood. It's there. If you go to Patanjali Yoga Sutra, it says Pratyaksha, uh, Anumana, right? Agama, Pramanani. It doesn't use the word uh, Upaman or Shabda and Prameya, but it's there. It is there in the Pratyaksha because you do the objective testing of the evidence and so on. I'll move fast through this. Now let's get to the what. Uh, two elements, those two corners. One was the Vidyana Buddhi, the other one was the Tarkashastra. I'll start with the Tarkashastra. In Upanishad, you will hear these words all the time, all the time, like many, many verses, every Upanishad. Andatama, Rashmi Prakasha, Vidya Avidya, Zaniva, Neniva, you know, Sambhuti, Asambhuti. And then, you know, the grammarians will fight on these words forever. Like Sambhuti, take Sambhuti from Ishavasya Upanishad and uh, try to look for a meaning of it. And you can see the quarrels that are going on for at least 3000 years. Okay. But we don't have to get stuck into grammar. I mean, grammar is useful, but we don't have to get stuck. So let's, uh, let's call this Vidya Avidya. So logical reasoning, the Nyaya Darshan of Gautama, it talks of 16 elements. And it says, if you are expert in these 16 elements, then it, it, is, it is, I mean, you are expert now in a Tarka Shastra. 
So these out of those 16, the first 10, and then I have six at the bottom. The first 10 are, think of this as a good thing. This is something you want to learn and you want to implement. The remaining six you want to learn so that you can detect anytime that element shows up. Uh, and you don't want to use it yourself. You want to stop others from using it. And if you find someone else using it, you have to rebuke that person. You have to bring it to his or her attention that they are doing this. Jalpa, Vitanda, Itva, Basa, Chalo, Jati. And then there are many occasions for nigrahastana, like rebuking and even removing the person from the debate and so on. That is discussion because they are wasting time. For example, Vitanda, so pratipaksha sthapana hina Vitanda. If someone is objecting to you, but they don't have alternate claim of their own, they are doing Vitanda. It's unacceptable. But what happens if this knowledge is not there and uh, Sangam talks, we had a wonderful debate with Dr. Manish. I mean, I had a debate with Manish Pandit. Uh, we had a good debate, both of us, you know, I think uh, that was a good start at least. But if the audience is not aware of these elements, you know, audience may clap at anything or may not truly understand. The second aspect is um, the scientific acumen aspects. And again, our Shraddarshanas give 11 elements. I'm calling it 11 elements from a one particular set, but you know, you can call those 16, you can call those tens, and that same thing true for these logical reasoning elements and so on. But the point here is <clears throat> the science or scientific investigation or investigation of any kind means you take something and you break it into pieces. You classify so, you know, you separate it, you extract Prathak current, you classify, you do Vargi current. Okay, you might set the evidence in a distinctive fashion, like Taratamya, uh, Mahatvamapan. You may sequence it, Anukram, you know. There is a certain sequence in which one must test it or one must put forward the proposal. Sometimes you have to associate the evidence and so on, on and on. Indriya Pramanya, the objective testing. And then there are some elements, for example, how to avoid the confusion, Indriya Brahm, for example. Now, the skepticism there, Sangshay, and I'll talk about that a little bit later, is of a two kind. And the one that is explained here or mentioned here in scientific acumen, the Sangshay, this is a Sangshay of a Buddhi, like devil's advocate. And this is very, very, very much required, very much welcome. Okay. The point is you take uh, invest, you start with the investigation, you dissect the data, you analyze it, you do all kinds of things. At the end of it, it's very important that you bring it together. And this wonderful, uh, this particular uh, scientific, the element of scientific uh, acumen or the process is wonderfully described by this one verse from Ishopanishad. It's a very small Upanishad, 18 verses. Okay. Uh, very, very small. I mean, number of you may have this by one heart. Uh, this is verse number 16. And so uh, if you can see the picture, there is a picture of a sunrise. The sun is coming and now spreading his rays, his light in all direction. And then the time comes for a sunset. And as if it's now, you know, taking all the rays and all the light and it's bringing it inside, you know, it's unifying it together. So view her, you know, in fact, if you look at this, this verse, Pushan, Ekarushe, Yama, Surya, Prajapatya, 
prajapat now now the words that i pulled from wherever i pulled it from the spacing is not correct it's a pushan ekrushe yamasurya prajapatya vivarashmin samuha that's where it should stop i'm not going to the detail meaning of it but the first two lines up to samuha essentially it's a prayer think of it's a prayer to surya okay surya as in this case uh, you know something to pray to and then it says so that's a prayer now the from the teja yatte rupam kalyana tamam now surya is giving you the darshan okay and uh, then it says tatte pashyami so now i see it i see it and it says then ya aso aso purusha sa ahamasmi so ahamasmi if you have seen this and then you actually see yourself Uh, same with the surya okay i'm not going to the esoteric meaning of it for the scientific acumen what the point is when the sun is rising it's spreading its rays okay to get the work done it's spreading its rays and as if at the end of the day it is pulling all the rays back into it at a sunset and that's the unification that's sunslation you know unification whereas viva viva as in chakra viva or military formation which is what you don't put the army in one place you make different formations is the same formations that i showed you on the previous page with uh, the scientific acumen that you may start with the extraction of the data then you may do the separation of the data classification of the data different arrangements of it to test it association and what not okay so this is a good metaphor for Uh, that uh, uh, dissection analysis and then bringing it together okay um, so quickly uh, if you go back to this uh, ashtakaran shakti and now we are into the third part uh, which is a uh, what how to do it how to uh, how to get the outcome how to analyze the outcome how to dissect the outcome and how to communicate the outcome the outcome of the scientific investigation or investigation of any kind in the center what we are seeing is uh, again those five elements uh, theory evidence objective testing inference and background knowledge just take a second and see if you agree with me out of those five the theory like theorization how do you come up with a theory it's a mental process granted it's based on the existing observations the existing problems the existing theories and which uh, observations they cannot explain and so on but it's a mental process so is the inference the drawing of a, a conclusion or inference anuman that's a mental process and background knowledge that you use is also mental process and what uh, what it's a something i would like to emphasize many people you know they ask me what to uh, that if they can work on something then i give them a problem and then they run away and i said what's happening i mean this is happening for 10 plus years at least and then i started realizing that uh, they think it's a plug and play and it is not plug and play there is a lot of background knowledge that one ought to have in order to start getting these newer insights again that background knowledge is also a mental process to just give you a simple example um, you know when i teach uh, my my daughter like you know since uh, she's uh, studying here in america Uh, in india we had this padhe you know marathi is a padhe i don't know what uh, people call in other languages the multiplication tables big tables that we have by heart here for some reason they don't teach it like this they teach it as a, a small multiplication cards you know individual cards 7 times 3 is something and so on and so forth and i just couldn't uh, get my head around that particular thing 
And so when uh, I'm teaching her something and we are solving uh, issues, she will go to the calculator. Before she can finish it, I would have done the math. And she says, Daddy, how did you do it? And that's because of the multiplication table. Uh, similar example in my research was uh, the nakshatras and you know the planetary positions, whether it's a Mahabharata or Ramayana. And if somebody says, okay, I know my nakshatras, the 27 nakshatras, it's in the book. If I need, I will refer to them in the book. It will not work. It will not work. You will not able to do original research. If you want to do original research, for example, just giving the example of nakshatra, you have to have, you should able to visualize them as a background knowledge. They should be in your mind. You should literally able to go around the ecliptic of the sun or the earth and just go, okay, that star is here. That nakshatra is below. That nakshatra is up above which side of it is, how many stars, how does it look, how much spaced out it is from other nakshatra, yogatara, and so on. That is when you can start interpretation of these verses and try making sense out of it. Anyways, the point I want to make it is that theory, inference, background knowledge, these are mental processes. On the other hand, if you look at evidence and objective testing, this is something I can show. Like I can send you a list of evidence uh, from Mahabharata text. You know, we are having some discussion going on in my research group, you know, and just I uploaded the file. This, here is the evidence. It can be physically done. Same thing with objective testing. Number of you would have seen uh, why Arundhati walks ahead of Vasishta, when it walks and so on and so forth. I'm going to take those two evidence and objective testing and use them to do this Rashmin viewer, you know, to separate this. Now to separate what? Solving, trying to solve the same problem, multiple people may come up with multiple solutions. Just as an example, we may again, I may talk about the date for Mahabharata, but it doesn't have to be that. It can be anything like coronavirus right now. You know, there could be many ways to deal with it. OK, so everyone may have their uh, own method. They might have made a contribution. How do we analyze their effectiveness? How where do they fall? You know, and so on. Here is just I'm using back to scientific uh, investigation, evidence and objective testing. And some of you might have seen this. Uh, I call it grain and chaff metrics. Okay. So now we are into this what? So viewer, you know, Rashmin viewer, like spread your rays. That's what we are praying, you know, there. So it starts as a three-step process, no matter what you are working on. Okay. If you are building a framework, it's a three-step process. The first is a definition. The second one is a separation. And third one is a resolution unification. Rashmin viewer, Rashmin samuha. Okay, so you define it, you separate it, and then you start bringing them together. You may be successful, you may not be successful, but try to resolve the conflicts and try to unify if possible. Okay, now you may not be able to unify the views, but you may be able to unify the evidence for your uh, investigation or your theory. So we start with the definition here. So remember, I used uh, two points out of the scientific method, evidence and objective testing. And a number of you might have seen this. But I want you to give a uh, understanding that you know, it just, I just didn't start randomly with the two things. There was this background, you know, how I arrived at this. So if you take the uh, evidence and turn it into a vertical axis, it can go from some evidence to all the relevant evidence, arbitrary or selective evidence to all relevant evidence. If you take the other factor, objective testability as a uh, x-axis, 
uh, if you can objectively test, then its answer is yes. Therefore, it's scientific. If you cannot test, it's metaphysical, atharkyam. What this allowed you to do that if you want to, if there are multiple solutions, claimed solutions, uh, Raju Marutraji calls truth claims. I like that. Truth claims, you know, if there are multiple truth claims, how do we classify them so that we can understand where, where, where do they stand? Okay, uh, so if this particular two axis, it created four quadrants. And essentially, they can be described with this Chatushkoti logic, both true and false in that top left-hand corner, only true in the top right-hand corner, neither true nor false in the bottom left-hand corner, and false in the bottom right-hand corner. Okay, I'll not elaborate on this. It's there in many of my other presentations. But want to give you um, Upanishadic or Darshana or Purana perspectives with respect to this. Okay, so um, let's go to the next one. So I'm going to have this exactly same framework here. Okay, now I'm going to give names. Remember, I said definition. We have to define it. I define uh, the first time by Chatushkoti logic, true and false, neither true nor false, true and false. Now I'm saying, how can I define it? In marketing, we give them names, right? A specific uh, buying group, you know, we will call... Uh, by certain names and we understand who are we dealing with, the type of customer, whatnot. It's not any different. Um, so this one is like somebody who is not interested in objectively testing anything, uh, but wants to preserve everything, all relevant evidence, doesn't matter if it conflicts with each other or not. That's a preservation of tradition. Very virtuous activity. Then the person who is interested in taking all the evidence and uh, scientifically, objectively testing all of it. I'm the, my name is, that's Dharmic assertion and make a claim. That's a Dharmic assertion. Now, this is a very tough category here, guys, at the bottom. The person is not interested in doing anything in objective fashion. And person is not interested in preserving the whole information. In fact, most cases they will use something. It's like finding faults. And to use that one limited, arbitrary, selective information to say how the rest of the things, therefore, doesn't matter, how it is useless, and so on. Okay, a very uh, wicked activity, I would say, tamasic skepticism. Okay, and the third one is uh, I call it superficial and manipulative claims, where you know, they have one good element that they do understand what uh, scientific uh, objective testing is, but unfortunately they don't understand that they must consider all the evidence they stick to arbitrary selective evidence and we have uh, lots of fun with that now what do we do with this now this is how we would give this name to uh, the output of claims the output of truth claims output of solutions what if you have to refer to the individuals okay because we do need to refer to individuals and this simply tells you uh, where they are good you know uh, so the top two, for example, I'll go back for a second. Uh, they are good on the evidence because they are considering all the evidence. Okay, but the bottom ones are not. Now on the second aspect of testability, the desired one is that it is testable. So the left side is not a desirable situation as far as the testability is concerned, but the right side is. Okay, that's what those uh, arrows are pointing to. All right, now uh, if it refers to a person, we will call it a preserver of tradition, a dharmic asserter, tamasic skeptic, superficial manipulators, and so on. 
Okay, now we want to, uh, we gave a definition. Now we want to understand the separation of this. Okay, I'm going to use this. Uh, this comes in, um, I was looking for a source. Where does exactly the original verse comes? I was told it is. it comes into um, Chanakya. Uh, but uh, I'm also told it comes into Agni Puran and Matsya Puran, and I have to go and look at the original references. However, you, all of you would have heard this, Sama Dama Dandabhed, or Sama Dana Dandabhed. So if you're dealing with a preserver of tradition, somebody who is meticulously collecting things, remembering things, copying things, making it available, publishing it, making it available in the library, if you can approach that person and the person have it by heart, there are many individuals, some of them may be on the call, that I approach. I approach them when I need help. And they just know from the top of their head. They know the verses, they know the translation, they, they help me in many different ways. So what Sama is what? You want to build association, you know, you want to build association with such individuals, okay? Uh, for a right reason, for your selfish reasons too. Um, the Dharmic Asrtar, what do you want to do? You want to do Dana. I mean, of course, you want to support their efforts in whichever way you can. Dama, Dama also means money, but it also means a garland, you know, <laughs> reward them, encourage them, and so on and so forth. What do you do with the tamasic skeptic? I won't go into the details, but you know, it's a wicked activity, you know, and you have to curb, curb it in the best way possible. Okay, some kind of punishment. Now, punishment I'm using in a very generic word, generic sense. Okay, and we'll talk about the specific danda that or, or the attitude that you should have towards this group. Uh, again, described in the Puranas, described in the Darshanas and so on. We are going to look at that. And superficial manipulators, bheda, you want to show what is different, okay? Why that is not uh, a virtuous activity, okay? They, ha they have some element of it which is good, but in the end, it's, it's a destructive in nature. In fact, uh, below that line of testability, bottom, whether tamasic, skeptic, or superficial manipulators, they have a purpose. And we will talk about that into the, when we talk about resolution, just the next slide, I think, or a couple slides after this. When we talk of resolution, we'll see what can be done. But by themselves, the way the activities are conducted, they are very destructive. And again, just my limited experience of last 10 years, I have seen there is a so much uh, transitioning. You, know, uh, you can say border crossing. If you look at the bottom, I don't know if you can see my arrow, but border crossing from tamasic skeptic to superficial manipulator, superficial manipulator to tamasic skeptic happens with a drop of a hat. And the person who doing it may not even realize that he or she is doing it. Okay. All right. So how to deal with this? So we understood samadama dandaved, samadana dandaved. That is one way of dealing with it. If you look at uh, Patanjali Yoga Sutra, now, Patanjali is saying this, remember the objective of a yoga darshana, you know, yoga chitta vritti nirodha, you know, to bring your mind in, in sync, in control, right? So it is for your benefit, but in a practical sense, it's very, very useful for all of us, whether you are doing a yoga and meditation or not. It says, uh, it is from Samadhi Path, the, the first portion, 33, Maitri Karuna Mudito Pekshanam. Sukha dukha punya apunya vishayanam bhavanat chitta prasadanam. That knowing the Brahmadnyan, you know, and one of the proof in the pudding is that your chitta is prasad, you know, you are, you are prasanna, your attitude is of a prasanna, you are not perturbed by uh, all these uh, things going on around you, you know, in spite of them, you are prasanna. So, 
it is giving four aspects and it is telling for what purposes. So let's begin with that Sukha Dukha Punya Apunya. Sukha, which is what? A good activity, just a simple one, a good thing, a happy thing, you know, that, that kind of outcome, that kind of activity. Dukha, uh, a, a bad outcome, a tragic outcome. Okay. Uh, punya is what? Again, you can say good, a virtuous, okay, useful, right? A useful, fruitful kind of outcome. That is a punya activity, that kind of activity, that kind of outcome. And a punya is again a bad one, just for simplicity, I'm using the word good and bad, uh, or a wicked activity, a destructive activity, okay? A destructive outcome, a wicked outcome, okay? That's a punya. Now, when you see this as an outcome of somebody's effort, how do you deal with it? Well, uh, Patanjali, Bhagwan Patanjali says, by Maitri Karuna Mudito Pekshanam. And why do you do that? To keep your prasannata, to maintain your prasannata. So, for example, if you see a pleasing efforts, if you see virtuous efforts, um, do friendship with that person. Okay, Maitri. I'm just again using a simple translation as a friendship, okay, association. If you see a unpleasing activities, undesired activities, uh, it's it's very natural to get angry, frustrated, and that's that's fine, but it only hurts you. So you can have a karuna, you know, sympathy towards that person or towards that outcome. It could be individual or it could be the effort towards that outcome or towards that person. Um, and then if it is uh, punya, a virtuous activity, uh, mudita, you know, mudita means what? Happiness, joy, you know, feeling joyful. Uh, those of you who know the uh, sweet dish, I know, I think it's around India, but uh, Marathi dish, modak, you know, and I'm sure it's uh, other places too. That modak comes from mudita, you know, joyful. That's something that brings uh, utter joy to you. Modak is my favorite dish, by the way, you know, made with a rice, rice flour, not the fried modak, but the uh, baked modak. Anyways, that's a digression. And so does Ganesh likes them too, by the way. Uh, so that's uh, mudita. And the last one, the apunya, which is undesired, a wicked, a destructive activity or destructive outcome. Uh, what do you do? Upeksha. Show indifference to that outcome. Show uh, indifference to that individual. And now we will also talk about what else can be done. Before I do that, I want to show you what a Purana has to say. Again, I'm going to pull something from Bhagavad Purana. The point I'm making is, again, this was my assumption that may not be your assumption, but I was thinking, okay, Darshana is like a totally different field and then there is a Veda and then there is a Mahavara, there is a Ramayana and then there is this Puranas. Well, that's all true. They have slightly different purpose. The emphasis is different. But if you start studying, which is that Brahmacharya, study contemplation, Swadhyaya, Swadhyaya, you know, so if you start self-study, it's amazing how much uh, they become uh, supportive to each other. Okay. They become like, you know, nourishing, they nourish each other. Some element that might be missed in a very dry discussion of Patanjali Yoga Sutra might be supported by, uh, say, Purana. So I'm going to pull something from Bhagavad Purana. This is from uh, the 11th Canto. Uh, and, you know, it is describing the Madhyam Bhakti. I'll not go into that. That could be a separate talk. But you know, Ishvare tad adhineshu bali sheshu dushat sucha prema maitri krupo peksha yah karoti samadhyama. 
He says, if you are, uh, you know, it, uh, sort of dealing with Ishwar. Now, I'm not saying that Ishwar is same as here, the preserver of tradition. And that's also the point I want to emphasize. See, this, it could be the same framework, but it could be used in multiple places. For example, the framework that is used for yoga or the framework that is used for Nyaya can be used in science, that can be used in how you do agriculture, that can be used in how you make a dosa, that can be used in a business, you know, that can be used in marketing to slice and dice the data. It's the same thing. So here, how to keep your uh, mind in a balanced way, uh, Patanjali is giving you some input. Now, the similar framework is being used by Bhagavad to describe a Madhyam type of Bhakta. He says, Ishware tad adineshu bali sheshu dvishat sucha prema maitri krupo peksha yakaroti sabadhyama. So Ishwar, you know, so four uh, people there. Ishwar, tad adineshu meaning Bhakta of Ishwar. Bali sheshu, which means what? Uh, a person of a lower intelligence, mudajan, you know, a dull, dull intellect, person of a dull intellect. And Dvishatsu, like the enemy, you know, person who always uh, has enmity towards others, you know, or at least enmity towards you. How do you deal with them? And it says exactly the same way. Okay, the only a couple of words I'm going to add, the mudita, like a joy feels, you should feel joyful. It says you should feel affection, love towards that person, the preserver of tradition, or in this case, it refers to Ishwar, towards Bhagwan, you should feel prem. Tad Adineshu, with the Bhakta of a Bhagwan, you should... Uh, develop uh, friendship and uh, the person who is Balisheshu of a dull intellect, what do you should do? Krupa, similar to Karuna, you know, be sympathetic, you know, okay, be forgiving. That's what it said. And Upeksha, sorry, again for the last one, for Dvishasu, your enemy, just be indifferent, okay, Upeksha. So the point I'm saying is the similarity of it, but also the differences, okay, all right. Now, how do we, how do we, once we define it, once we separated those, we understand how do we bring them together, the resolution and or unification. Okay. So again, I'm going to pull something from Patanjali Yoga Sutra. I'll show you in a second. So Shraddha plus Pradnya plus Virya is equal to Satya. And a quick translation, Shraddha means reverence. And therefore, you know, you can, that can give you the determination, the perseverance to work on this because that Shraddha. Even when you don't get the solution, again, my quick example of Arundhati Vasishta, and there are many others, but I just stick to Arundhati Vasishta. It took me 15 years and, you know, I was called nuts and I was called all sorts of names, you know, stay away from this crazy guy, you know, um, but that reverence, you know, that I'm saying, why would Vas write otherwise, you know, and I could have been wrong for all it mattered because, you know, all our uh, ancient narratives also has many errors sometimes, you know, that have crept in interpolation and changing of words and here and there. But I had this Shraddha that it is a very clear statement, clear meaning. I don't see why Vas would write that. There has to be a reason. And I went on. So that Shraddha helps you in that fashion. But Shraddha is the beginning. Okay, guys. Shraddha is the beginning. Shraddha is not the end. You read somewhere. Therefore, that's enough for me. No, that's a very tamasi attitude. Then Pradnya, which is intellect. And then the courage, heroic deeds, tapasya, and it takes you to the truth. So again, looking at these four quadrants. So someone who is into that Shraddha quadrant, uh, you know, in a very religious, meticulous fashion, preserving the thing. And that's a good thing. And he or she could be very happy there. But if you want uh, to move them towards that, you know, actually perceiving the truth, what can you say? You say, hey, you have a great knowledge, great stock. My God, I wish I had this. Now, if you uh, if you'd like to learn 
a scientific method. It's essentially common sense. It's not complicated. And see if you can, the knowledge that you have, if it can be put to an objective test. Wow, how, what a great thing that will be. That is the way you may able to move that person to the top right-hand corner. And here the assumption I'm making in the context of scientific investigation, that the goal is to get into the top right-hand corner. So that's how you may do it to that person. The here pradnya is required everywhere, but if that person is there, you say, okay, do more. Okay. Or can you be devil's advocate and question your own theory, question your own truth claim and see if you can improve, if you can refine. Um, the bottom left-hand corner, we talked about tamasic skeptic. The samshay we are talking here is samshay um, of the mind. Okay. And it's not the samshay of the buddhi. The samshay that we saw, the word in um, uh, Nyaya Darshana, that is samshay of the buddhi, like devil's advocate. That's a good one. This one is not a devil's advocate. This person doesn't trust anyone. This person doesn't trust anything. Only he or she trusts themselves. Okay. And their uh, whatever the thing they have come to. And, you know, they are so prone to make these uh, claims for which there is no evidence. You know, the, if I have to take again Patanjali for a second, uh, let me show you Patanjali's statement first. This is Samadhi part 20. Shraddha varya smruti samadhi pradnya purvaka itaresham. Okay. But if you look at the top right hand corner, that is the way to get to the truth. You know, Patanjali says, Pratyaksha Anumana Agama Pramanani. That's the top right-hand corner. If you come to the bottom right-hand corner, it is the next sutra in Samadhi Path, 7, 8, and 9. So the 8 says, Viparyayo Mithya Jnanam Atadrupa Pratishtam. If you don't follow this scientific method, it will definitely lead you to Mithya Jnana. Okay. And then the bottom uh, left-hand corner, see how, how beautiful this is. Uh, the sutra number nine, you know, in a sequence, seven, eight, and nine. And it says, Shabda Jnananupati Vastu Shunyo Vikalpa. You are making a claim for which you have no evidence. What can we do? You know, we don't know whether it's true. We don't know if it's a false, neither true nor false. Okay. It's a wasteful activity. Okay. Now, what do we do to that? These two people, the, the below the line, below the horizontal line, we can tell this. Tamasic skeptic, assuming he's willing to, he, she is willing to change that tamasic, meaning willing to do tapasya. Okay. We say skepticism is good. That's a good part. Okay. The samshay is good, but don't stick with the samshay of a mind. Turn that into the samshay of a buddhi. Like why this might be there. So for example, people are stuck in a, um, what, what do you call it? The uh, pushpakviman. They, they don't see the engine, so therefore they say it doesn't exist. Therefore, Ramayana is also uh, has no meaning. You know, it's just a story. He says, well, okay, but what if just for a minute, assume that what if the Pushpak Viman is true? What technology they might have used? Can you investigate? Now it becomes a very fruitful problem. You may succeed, you may not succeed, but you will have a heck of a ride. Okay, on your deathbed, you'll be very happy. You did something in life, you know, whether you found a solution or not. So that is the way to take that person to up there. Then the second aspect where he or she makes lots of theories, but no evidence, you know, Shabdha You say, hey, your ability to build these conjectures, guesses, theories, that's all good. But right now your problem is you build, you imagine something and you think this is true. Now, that's not how science works. 
Now imagine things, write it down. Now look for evidence in support of those. And only then you start discussing that as your truth claim. Okay, so that's how you move that person from the bottom left-hand corner to top right-hand corner. And the person who is uh, into the bottom right-hand bucket, you say, well, you understand what scientific um, testing is. That's great. Now you must understand why it must be done for all relevant evidence, which means you must need a statement of a theory and you know all life would be good. You are, you, are, you are capable, you just need some guidance. And that's how you may able to bring that person to the top right-hand corner. Quickly, I, I may have gone over time, 9.30. I'll just use uh, two, three minutes and I'm done. Uh, now, how do you communicate to others? Okay, so this can get a bit technical. Again, uh, we can go to Bhagavad Puran. You know, uh, again, Bhagavad Puran is seen as a Bhakti Grantha. And yes, it is a Bhakti Grantha. But then, you know, uh, many, many great saints of India have, have said this time and again. He said, India has a lot of Bhakti. Unfortunately, it is very heavy on Tamas. Okay. And um, if I ever talk about the, the, the different types of Bhakti, I will get to that, but not today. Uh, what Bhagavad Puran is referring to, and I'm going to use that words to build another framework, how to communicate this. Okay. So uh, in terms of knowledge, what are you communicating from a very small uh, information or very quick, sharp point to a vast knowledge? You know, that's a Vyapti you know, the scope, scope and scale. If that's a vertical axis, the horizontal axis is goes from a Shraddha to Sakshatkar. Again, think of the framework that I showed you, Atarkya to objectively testable. Okay, I'm using something similar, not identical. Vipul meaning all evidence and Susandarda meaning selective. I don't mean exactly that, but the direction is kind of consistent. And that gives you a framework, you know, just from this. Mahad Vimrugyam is something that is worthy of investigation. This is Krishna telling Uddhava. He's saying, okay, now we are Bhakta, now what do you do or something? And Uddhava is asking, what should I do? And he says, Jnanam Vishuddham Vipulam Yataita. You should go after a knowledge. Vishuddha and a lot of knowledge. Vairagya Vidnyana Yutam Puranam. You know, and I have to realize for yourself that this is true. Akhyayi Vishweshwara Vishwamurte. I'll skip the last two lines. And Tvad Bhakti Yogam Chamahad Vimrugyam. Through Bhakti and Yoga, you have to uh, learn things that are worthy of learning, worthy of investigation, and from those people who are Mahad Vimrugyam, also those who are knowledgeable. Okay, So this is a framework. Now, uh, just want to show you another verse from um, Bhagavad Puran to show you that what is demanded in what we call modern science, actually Bhagavad Puran is even demanding more. In science, we'll say explanation, you know, the triangulation of explanation prediction testing is enough. Bhagavad is saying it's not enough. He says, Shruti Pratyaksham Aitiyam Anumanam Chatushtayam Pramaneshwa Anavasthanat Vikalpat Savirajate. If you don't do quadrangulation of Shruti Pratyaksha Aitiya and Anuman, it's not, unless you do the quadrangulation of these four, it's not sufficient. Okay. So where does this fit? Shruti, that's Laksha. Now, if you look at Shruti as a think of a Veda, like a uh, metaphor, not metaphor, um, like a sutra, you know, it wants to say something in a punchline, as a punchline, you know, like Aham um, uh, Brahmasmi, for example, it's a, you want to give you as a punchline, one sent short sentence covers a lot. Okay, so we have a Shruti Grantha. And, you know, does it match whatever we have found? Does it directionally match with what Shruti is saying? Pratyaksha. You know, through our sense perception, the objective testing, that's the drusha. Everyone can relate to that. 
if not to shruti aitiya smaraniya so what is the goal of aitiya so once we uh, find some wisdom we have to package it into um, in in such a fashion like a mnemonic so that it can be easily remembered and that's why we have these stories in our puranas in itihasa and akhyanas and what not right and then the anuman is how actually you reach the truth you can you can draw the truth and you hope that the other person understands but you know the it is for every individual person to draw their own inference to come to that final stage of uh, truth and that's a mental process of anuman so that's satya pratishtan so that also fits very well with this and where i want to end is where i started i started with this verse from a mundak upanishad satya nalabdha tapasa yesha atma why we do it is to get the atma gyan or a brahma gyan how do we do it using satya tapasya brahmacharya and samyak gyan and where does that fit it fits into investigation but it also fits into communication so when we have to communicate effectively to other people and i'm not claiming i am an effective communicator but we have to hit these four buckets and you know usually uh, our ability to communicate to others gets better um so for example i told you a story you know the story of uh, bhargavi varuni vidya you know that will go into smaraniya you know and so on so let's quickly just to show you that satya goes into that anuman that quadrant there tapasya aitiya you know many stories that remembering forming those stories creating those stories remembering telling them uh, storytelling is an art and i know there are few individuals who have uh, join on this call they are great storytellers it's an art and it's a very useful art and so cultivate that it takes efforts it's not easy tapasya then samyak gyan why samyak gyan because we can easily cheat ourselves okay even you know so arundhati vasishta is a good one i mean if you go to twitter you will see all kinds of crazy things going on and even uh, some uh, email uh, chains you know i mean i i don't know how to get out of those email chains finally i had found a way to mute those I mean, these some twenty, thirty Mahabharata researchers are just wasting time. If you ask me, the problem is they cannot understand the simple things like Arundhati Vasishta, but they will just go into something details which is beyond their uh, beyond their comprehension. So, samyadnya, the balance attitude is required if you want to get into objective testing and everywhere else. And the Brahmacharya, as I said, is what study contemplation thinking. You need this to understand what Shruti is saying. and you need this when you find a new insight to turn it into a shruti format turn that into a sutra turn that into a compact format so that people can remember it okay and this is i think my last slide um questions please no comments please and uh, limit your questions to what was being discussed in this presentation Uh, so is that the same one what you meant when you said that we are stuck in dogmas of titas yes yes so what is titas yes i meant uh, yugas i think type oh. smartphone yeah yeah yugas <laughs> and I, yeah i okay okay no so i want to give a very short answer um, that um, a yuga the a concept just like you know we might say some weight you know uh, so we have like pounds and we have kilograms and what not or maybe feastful you know we can use that as a unit um similarly yuga has many definitions 
but what has happened somewhere we don't know when it happened why it happened uh, but something that was say 432000 you know that's a perfect astronomy number it has a purpose if you anybody anybody anyone reading surya siddhanta or aryabhatiya would know why that number was created but it is totally misunderstood something that was meant for astronomy we are starting saying that acha 432000 is the one yuga and twice that is a, another yuga and is as if like it's like the day our year uh, ends on 31st december as if something sharp happens on a specific day and we from a history understanding a history or antiquity of our civilization using that uh, confused understanding of a yuga we have made a mess out of it and that's what i i call the yuga dogma and so you can go to my blogs and read uh, about others in fact that's a one good very fruitful problem to work on yeah i mean we are not going to solve the yuga problem here <laughs> on the call but that's that's the one a uh, good good point now i can see that i mean if we uh, i can see that satish chandra ji i can see your question is so proyojan with purpose can be good or bad constructive or destructive the answer is actually a, a great point i mean whoever said it now, yes Uh, so prayojana actually that can be a destructive purpose also you know just like um, think of a fire agni okay i mean agni can be or surya i mean it can be used for positive purposes constructive purposes it can be used for destructive purposes okay and that's uh, i'll not go there today and there's uh, but raul that's something another time uh, in future whenever we can think of like you know the foundation of hindu dharma like the trinity of hindu dharma you know we can talk about so that is where this niti dharma you know the niti the, the foundation of a niti dharma based on so we assume that the foundation of niti dharma is there but otherwise a great i mean not otherwise the question is great that the subprojana can be for a destructive purpose absolutely uh yeah uh, i want just want to ask uh, how do adhyatmics think of your work how do they react hmm okay great question uh, the, the great question because uh, there is a huge problem to figure out who is adhyatmik you know i mean um, you know if you can say if the question is what do academics think of my work or what do you know other mahabharata researchers think of my work it's easy to answer uh, adhyatmiks i mean you know i consider myself adhyatmik and i think great of my own work right so um, but you may be asking uh, if by that make you mean from a religious side you know is that what you mean nitin ji uh, so uh, so if uh, if um, i mean we want to figure out who is adhyatmik i mean that's that's kind of a challenge but uh, as a general answer uh, as a overall response uh, i would say uh, say from a hindu community if i can use that word it's very positive overwhelmingly positive many will uh, many will tell me that they are reading the book and they find it very hard and technical and that is true and then you know i give them some suggestions as to what they can do and so on um, and how they can participate but uh, overwhelmingly positive that's what i will say uh, and you know there has to be uh, nitin ji i mean you will understand you know the marathi saying durjana se ghar asave shezari so that's very useful but overwhelmingly it's a very positive response uh you know the the trick is to get this to everyone see i am a very small person i'll tell you uh, like number of everyone almost on the call here would uh, would agree with me that rajiv malhotra ji had done tremendous work and you know as a tremendous reach and so on in spite of that i will tell you you know if i go to i mean this is atlanta here where i live and people are educated everyone that i know minimum two or three degrees 
uh, and uh, I mean, degree is not indication of anything. That's the point I think I'm trying to make maybe. But when I ask them uh, just in some context and uh, they will say some subject comes and I want to suggest that they should read being different, for example. And I'll say, have you heard of Rajo Malhotra? And time and time again, I, I will hear a total blank on their face. So my point is uh, those people who actually uh, are aware of my work, and I'll say the same thing for Raju Malhotraji uh, and many others, those who are working, uh, they're fascinated. So it's a response is very good. Now, our job and by our job, it's not my job. I'm doing it in my way is for all of us is to how we reach uh, people who don't know. And one of the, I mean, I worked in sales and marketing all my life. The, the sales, sales principle or marketing principle, I did not work in marketing, but one of the marketing rule um, I have heard time and again is that unless you tell the same person, same thing 20 times separated by uh, time, it doesn't even register on their brain. So they might have heard Nileshok or Raju Malhotra or what, whatever multiple times and it would not register. So don't think like I already told this guy, you know, you have to tell it multiple times. Uh, so that was a bit uh, digression. But anyways, we'll get to the next question. So uh, Nitinji, uh, that was my answer. So the response is very good. I am asking Nilesh. Hi, Nilesh, sir. Uh, I am asking regarding the, uh, like I am ML, ML researcher and I huh. found your exact uh, analogy in what I am reading right now. So uh, huh. I also put up a question there that can we classify uh, Hindu sects or our, like we have just six sampradayas here or uh, huh. you can also say the four burns burners here so can we classify huh. those four or six in the same four class classifications yeah you i mean yes see the uh, i mean whether it works successfully or not i mean that only you can tell and you know the frameworks that i'm sharing with you the classification it's not like one time i did it and it happened uh, you can relate to that very well right they evolved over time i said okay this doesn't fit very well maybe i can use this word there and that makes more sense then you experiment with it and you say, ah, no, I need to fine tune. But uh, the, the answer to your question, in fact, I see their low bias and variance and high bias and low variance as a machine learning thing. Absolutely, you can use those uh, classification and see how it falls. In fact, what that does, like Krishna says, uh, so uh, did you mention like using it to our Varna system? Did you say that? Yeah, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, yeah. So when I uh, when I said about the Varna system, we can classify them as the Satya, Satya as the Brahmans, Tapasyas to the Kshatriyas, uh, and Samvek uh, Gyan to the uh, Vaishyas and Brahmacharya to the Shudras. No, no, great. I mean, hey, the, I mean, you wrote your generic name as India. That's fine. But no, absolutely. I mean, do that and put your name to it. I mean, it may take some evolution, might need some work. But Samyak Nyan and I'm saying Vaishya, but you are right. I mean, if you go to Mahabharata and the story of a Tuladar Vaishya, yeah. he's holding the balance, right? Yeah. He's not making distinction whether he's weighing potatoes or tomatoes or uh, what yeah, not, yeah. you know, and, and similarly, the, the Kshatriyas, he has a high bias. He, 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 he has a high bias in saving our country. So whatever is saving for a country, he will do his best. But he has the only and only uh, uh, priority is to save the country. Like he, his bias is the country. Right, right. So the fair, fair point. So, I mean, work on this, you know, and I think we need people like you, you know, yeah. who experiment with this, you know, it, it, that's a great, great question, great comment. And, you know, don't leave it at this, like, okay, yeah. some interesting discussion. No, I mean, take it to actually, uh, the actually, next level. Uh, I, and I am reading Gita right now. So in Gita, I found this uh, whole bias and various topic in my point of view. 
Absolutely, it is there. Yeah, I mean the chaturvarna, mayasrishtam, gunakarma, vibhagasha, and then yeah, you go yeah. to eighteen chapter. Yeah. So, but I just uh, for seeing Gita that uh, there is man as bias and yeah. uh, variance as a buddhi. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean let's not. Um, I I didn't get your name. Let's not yeah, get yeah. into the discussion here, okay, so that okay. we can go to the next question. Yeah. Hi, Nilesh. Um, essentially, what I see is. that generally um, the, the background information works in two ways it could be our dogmatic uh, you know fixation to ideas and it could be ideas which lead to new and better ideas from uh, background information so how do yes. we ensure that more innovative ideas more anumanas happen out of uh, out of this framework uh, you know how how uh, we can incorporate that kind of movement in this framework okay i But mean i don't have a, yeah i don't have a magical answer other than what mundak upanishad has given satyena labhya tapasa yesha atma samyak gnanena brahmacharyena nityam i mean tapasya uh, see what people i would say tapasya is the most important point not that the others don't matter they but i'm saying they must be given but even when person is genuinely looking for a satya uh, might have a samyak gnan okay and uh, you know the study and tapasya will come together so yes the person has a scientific uh, attitude you know the the, the indian word whatever used in the constitution temperament or something and you know you read the articles written by some of this folks and i don't think they have a scientific temperament you know but anyways that's a sidebar but tapasya and then study and contemplation and thinking but forget contemplation and thinking for a minute but tapas for a minute tapasya and study it is lacking people people just think it's a plug and play that's the that's the challenge so i don't have a solution to that but the answer is satyena labhyas tapasa yesha atma samyak gnanena brahmacharyena nityam people just like that brugu uh, i told that brugu varuni vidya story for a reason it's not i mean we don't the story doesn't tell you how long it took uh, brugu to come to the realization annam brahmeti vejana and only to realize that that is just a one step there is a higher realization and higher realization and so on um, so that the framework exists the method exists uh, there has to be a, a wish there has to be a willingness okay so abitosh uh, always a pleasure of course to discuss and do that Uh, namaste nilesh ji namaste um really enjoyed your talk i was wanting to ask you that there are so many upanishads and so many puranas yeah. how how to structure it for children of various ages until the youth yeah. um, what are the specific sections of each puranas or upanishads you yeah. you would recommend okay Uh, so um, i mean a great great question and you know it's very much at my heart and uh, at the heart of many people i know there are few individuals on the call uh, i hope they are there uh, i won't name their names uh, but uh, you know they they are uh, they have shown uh, at least they have expressed their wish to work and to work not necessarily work with me but they don't have to work with me they can work on their own which is uh, so the point that you mentioned like you know how to take it to children or which portion for first thing is we need to write for children you know uh, and uh, we don't need to do this as a separate exercise because you know those books can be read by adults okay just to give a simple example if uh, how many of us here on the call for example knows exactly how the nuclear plant works not many 
okay i mean i happen to know i have been to nuclear plants but still it's very complicated but if someone wants to know how nuclear plant works uh, in america at least and i'm sure that's true in india if you go to a public library or here the libraries are well 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 made and they have a children's section and you know if i want to find something about some new subject that i don't know anything about i actually go to children's section and you know find a book like a ch- biology for children you know or nuclear plant for children and i actually find what i want to know you know that's that's the basic stage so to make a short answer we need to write books for children now we need to be very careful with this and i'll mention the name personally i have looked briefly into that work uh, but many of our people are uh, so naive that you know just like uh, what is this name what is this guy's name devdutt patnaik you know we take his books and people think oh that's a nice good stuff what nonsense right but we are so naive um, i mean he write, he does good sketches i'm not putting everything in the bad bracket but only good sketches afterwards it's a utter nonsense and it's a very destructive for our civilization what he writes similarly there is another person which many people don't think it is so uh, there is a person named rupa pai and she is writing a series of books you know calling uh, i forgot the names uh, but upanishad for children gita for children and so on okay now i'm not saying there may not be good stuff in it but the little that i have read okay it's again in a very similar way the rajamundra ji talks about removed of the essence you know the the uh, you know the essence is taken the grains are taken and the chaff is being distributed as if that's a bhagavad gita or that's upanishad so you know it's a freedom for everyone she can do whatever she wants but instead of we very naively and foolishly thinking that's a great work we uh, we meaning the people who are committed to dharma need to create these works if there are three upanishads you would choose for for the youth what what would it be okay so i mean but you know you, i mean i'll tell you mine but you know you ask somebody else they will have a different set of upanishad and so on okay so for me it will be bhagavad gita don't forget that bhagavad gita is a upanishad uh, then ishopanishad and uh, and brahmadarnaka upanishad yes yes exactly okay all right go ahead yeah yeah so uh, i i had this question uh, uh, regarding the uh, the people who believe that uh, the vedas are apaurusheya uh so probably uh, in in your classification they would be standing in in the uh the left top column right the preservers of knowledge yes so what uh, what the, is basically your take framework. on uh, in 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 the four uh, framework like it, uh, like the dharmic uh, i i don't remember the, exactly the name yeah, but yeah, I, I uh, they me. are the preservers okay. of knowledge yeah mm-hmm. so what is what is what is your take on uh, on on that uh, okay regarding the apurushetva of veda since you have worked on or okay. you are working on rigveda right yes yes now i understood the question thank you so two aspects one is in my first framework okay. the preserver of tradition that's correct that is where the uh, veda would go or any any all ancient indian narratives would go there so that th- so that's that's goes there now the second framework that i showed you know so uh, what is that shruti pratyaksham aitiyam anumanam chatushtayam it will go into shruti the bottom left hand corner there okay apaurushaya see again just like that yuga dogma we take one particular definition of apaurushaya by we i don't mean you or me any one of us at any point you know we think oh but apaurusha is that and i agree with it or i don't agree with it or they will say if apurusha means that then how can you do this and so on 
you one can one should look at the shat darshanas and how the each of that darshana looks at a purusheyatva of a vedas okay uh, so instead of me giving a long answer so a purusheyatva meaning there is no author to it that is a one position but that is not the only position and it's not something that you have to necessarily stick with it you know um uh if if it helps you i mean if it convinces you your subjective conviction go ahead if it's useful at the end of the day proof is in the pudding you know that's what it is uh but if you look at the nyaya nyaya vaisheshika position or just a nyaya position of a purushetva it's very different what i will suggest uh, and i'm not you uh, right enough to explain that but uh, there is on youtube just very recently i posted it there is a talk by professor ujwala ja you know she is uh, uh, like uh, she is based in pune by the way professor ujwala ja and uh, you know uh, vasishta narayan ja you know professor vasishta narayan ja the couple you know uh, so she gave a talk on the apurushet apurushetva of a veda from a vaisheshika nyaya perspective if you just type professor ujwala ja you will get that talk it's a wonderful talk you know on that one uh, so to summarize there is no one particular definition of it any just like yuga somebody telling you 432000 kali yuga is the only definition is the person hasn't even started studying you know it's a tamas of a highest kind it's a same thing for a purusheya just taking one definition and thinking about it um so i don't know if that helps the answer but you know so yeah i'll not go into the answer listen to that talk and we can of course always talk uh, offline so it was such a great talk it's such it's such you no know, it was very informative thank you so much so one question about that calendar thing actually if you can tell us a bit more about the calendar that sounds really intriguing and the second thing was just a comment we uh, we i actually found you from found about this talk from reddit and we are a bunch of guys out there we are big fans of your work and also we wanted to request you to come do an ama on our on on a forum on reddit funds so we can discuss your book and general hindu all all indology and all those things that would be great if you can consider it that would be great thank you okay so, so okay so two two points there uh, so rajiv ji where are you based so i am based in bangalore okay okay Okay, so so we so the me coming to your small group is through like a Skype or Zoom or something. Is that the idea? Oh no no, this is uh, this is Reddit. It is something. It's a social media type of a site. It's all online. Okay okay yeah. So uh, no no, I mean th- and thank you for the invitation. Usually what happens just because of my time constraints, what I do is I mean there are so many people like uh, come to my forum or this. I mean I don't do it, but. uh just coming like a one time or something i mean that's something if uh, we want to do it it can be done the calendar one um again just like that yuga dogma we get so emotional i mean you know i'm i'm controlling my uh, sales language and you know try to remain uh, uh, pleasant you know what happens is just like the yuga dogma we also get into calendar like why i'm frustrated because i get these questions all the time like pe- people will say nilesh or nilesh g you know they sometimes might add g uh, why uh, are you using this gregorian calendar or why not say that in a indian calendar and again I'll, i mean you are not asking that i'm just using uh, your question as a preamble to uh, vent vent you know <laughs> so so what happens is uh, i will tell them so give me the other calendar and then they disappear now this is extremely destructive useless tamasic attitude tamasic uh, suggestion you know i mean when they do that Uh, like why not use a indian calendar and that's the context i was uh, coming at which is to say 
uh, we have a, a functional Gregorian calendar right now. And for all practical, uh, you know, the Vyavahar, it is working fine. There are many benefits to uh, using a nice uh, natural calendar. See, the Gregorian calendar has a natural basis. Okay. What is the natural basis? It's a solar calendar. In a way, it's a purely solar calendar. And to that extent, it is useful. Okay. That extent, it is also easy to use. So let's appreciate what is there in the Gregorian calendar. Unless you appreciate what is there in the Gregorian calendar, no one can dare to make a Indian lunisolar calendar that is functional, uh, superior to Gregorian calendar, but as easy to use as Gregorian calendar. It is a monumental task. It's a huge task. So I'm saying that is something that somebody can consider doing it just like I work on Mahabharata Ramayana or something. But you know, when I mentioned this, not you, uh, I did it the other day on the Twitter, I think. And then somebody said, well, Nilesh should work on the lunisolar calendar now. Well, in a way, in, in, a, in, in parallel, I'm working for 20 plus years. But uh, there is only so much hours in the day and, uh, you know, and all those challenges. So what I was referring to the calendar is just like uh, solving this uh, whole nonsense that has sprouted uh, around this whole concept of a yuga. It needs to be cleared up. Uh, that's a huge problem to solve. It's a, it's a sub-prayojana. It's a very fruitful problem to solve. Okay. And uh, the sandigda, the doubts of peoples are real. I mean, they have been brainwashed for so long and uh, the brainwashing continues, unfortunately. You know, there are dogmatic people who want to continue to hang on to this yoga dogma. So it's a, it's a big problem to solve. Similarly, the calendar. If we can, uh, you might have seen some uh, recent uh, talks on, on uh, YouTube. I mean, they're always going on to create an Indian calendar in the constitution. Also, there was a discussion of it. Uh, you know, the constitution said, I don't want to go into that discussion. I don't know this knowledge firsthand that the Vikram Samvat was the calendar. And even, uh, you know, this was a uh, interview I saw between uh, Madhu Kishwarji and uh, Kulas Reshtaji, you know. Uh, that they were discussing and Kulsrashtaji was saying that that was the idea that actually the original, the Vikram Samvat calendar was the main, the Tithi would be bigger and then the English date would be smaller and so on and so forth. My point is, I mean, that's great. And some people are actually making these calendars. I think we need to, uh, there are, uh, this is an opportunity if you want to modify, change it, to add certain elements into it for uh, taking into account the changes that we need to do if we want to truly make it a lunisolar calendar. So for example, we consider Ashwini as the first nakshatra. Well, that was true 2000 years ago. We need to change that. But not only we change it to what it is today, but we almost have a somewhere note that says uh, another 400 years from now or another 800 years from now, we need to know this, this, this. Or 300 years from now, we need to make this correction and so on and so forth. Anyways, I went longer on that one, but that was my idea. Again, it's not a one-man thing, or it can be a one-man thing, but uh, for that person, that would be his or her only project. 